You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. pagans, dishonest swindlers. And yet when the gospel comes to their island and impacts their life, all of a sudden, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ not only saves them, Jesus Christ changes them so that now they're being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And these character qualities you find as part of their lives. And Paul says to Titus, you ordain, you appoint elders in every town. The gospel of Jesus Christ is so powerful. As you observe the world around you, it's easy to look at certain people and assume that they will never find Christ. Think of the Muslim extremist or a Buddhist monk, a diehard atheist or even a Satanist. As Pastor Danny explains in today's message, the inhabitants of Crete would have drawn the same assumptions. They were wicked pagans. Yet the gospel was taken to them and infiltrated their hearts, transforming them into the children of God. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Titus chapter 1 with today's edition of The Living Word. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught. He's talking about the purity of the message of the gospel so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Now sometimes when we teach through a passage like this, we spend a lot of time on the character qualities of an elder in a local church. But that's not what we're going to do. And I'll tell you why. You could look at each one of those character qualities and you could do a message about each one of the character qualities. But here's the bottom line. These are character qualities of true godliness. Now, how did we start out? Verse 1. Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ for the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth, the gospel that leads to godliness. It doesn't just save you. It's not just fire insurance. It changes your life. I want you to know, sometimes we read passages like this in our culture too, and we think, well, elders in the church, they're probably Bible college graduates or seminary graduates, but these guys aren't seminary or Bible college graduates. These are Cretans, pagans, (laughs) dishonest swindlers. And yet when the gospel comes to their island and impacts their life, all of a sudden, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ not only saves them, Jesus Christ changes them so that now they're being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And these character qualities you find as part of their lives. And Paul says to Titus, you ordain, you appoint elders in every town. What's an elder to do? An elder is to be an example, an example, an example of what the power of the gospel can do in one's life. And an elder is to make sure that we maintain the purity of the message that did change our lives. Hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught. Don't add anything to it. Don't take anything away from it. It's simply the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that message saved my soul, and that message changed my life forevermore. I am not the same person, and everybody in Hartsville, South Carolina 
knew that when Danny Hodges received Christ as Lord and Savior, Danny Hodges became a different person. And when you come from a small town like me, it doesn't take long for word to travel. And people that thought Danny Hodges got religion, once they saw my life, they realized this is more than religion. We can't can't explain this. We don't understand how this drug addict that we wanted our kids to stay away from is now not only free from drugs, but he's a nice guy. I want my kids to hang around with him now. Maybe he'll have a good influence on them. You understand, these are men that were appointed as elders that people that knew them would have known something radically has changed in these people's lives. And they were to serve as examples of the power of the gospel. And they were to make sure that they held the message just as they had been taught it, just as they received it, so that that same power that changed their lives could change other people's lives. I love what R. Kent Hughes says on this, and I'm going to read it for you. Beneath their surface courtesies, many people are burdened by dissatisfying marriages, enslaved to lusts and addictions, entangled in patterns of thought and habit that they desperately hope but can hardly imagine that they can escape. They're ensnared in dead-end pursuits of money and power that control their lives without satisfying their souls. Godly leadership proves that freedom from the slavery of sin and selfishness is possible. I am living proof of the power of the gospel that can free you from the drugs. It can free you from the sexual immorality. It can free you from a life of pursuing things that will never satisfy your soul. I'm living proof. And I'm just one of a lot in this room. The power of the gospel changes lives. Changes lives. And that brings us to verse 10. You appoint elders to be examples of what the power of the gospel can do. And those elders need to make sure they maintain the purity of this message that will revolutionize somebody's life. Not just save them from hell, but lead them to true godliness. Why? Verse 10. Well, there are many rebellious people, mere talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision group. They must be silenced because they're ruining whole households by teaching things they ought not to teach. And that, for the sake of dishonest gain, they're greedy. And then Paul quotes one of their prophets, a guy named Epimenides. Even one of their own prophets has said, Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply so that they will be sound in the faith and will pay no attention to Jewish myths. Jewish myths. What are those? Those are the things Jesus talked about when he said that the Jewish leadership in his first coming, what they had done is they had added to the Word of God, and what they had added had no basis of truth in it, and they're now teaching rules of men, religious rules that are myths. If you do this, you'll be closer to God. If you do this, it'll purify your life. They were myths. Or to the commands of those who reject the truth. What kind of commands? First Timothy chapter 4. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such things come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry for the sake of holiness. Okay? And order them to abstain from certain foods. 
a religious diet to bring you closer to God, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good and nothing to be rejected if it's received with thanksgiving because it's consecrated by the word of God in prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus brought up in the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. That's what he's talking about. Jewish myths are commands of those who reject the truth, the purity of the gospel. To the pure, all things are pure. In other words, if you've really been purified by faith through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, you're not now trying to get closer to God by rules and regulations. That's what he's talking about. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe the truth of the gospel, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny Him. They're detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. Now, that's a lot to swallow, those six verses. What's he talking about? The more pointed question would be, who is he talking about? Well, that phrase in verse 10 the circumcision group gives us a great clue. All these six verses are talking about people who have perverted the purity of the gospel message and by perverting it have ruined it. The circumcision group, who are those guys? Paul had run-ins with them all the time. They're the guys that said faith in Jesus Christ is not enough. You've got to have faith in Christ plus you got to be circumcised, or plus whatever. You're adding something to the gospel. If you add anything to the gospel, you perverted it. You corrupted it. And what happens is very ironic. You end up going backwards instead of forward. The characteristics that Paul mentions here of these false teachers that had perverted the gospel, if you look at it closely, you can't help but think of the Pharisees. The Pharisees, who looked good on the outside but had real problems on the inside, they were full of greed and self-indulgence. Evil brutes, lazy gluttons, liars, hypocrites. The most religious people and yet the most defiled people because they thought that righteousness came by obeying the law, by being circumcised, by having a kosher diet, by whatever it is. And you could take that in the context of our world and our culture. It's saying the prayers, it's the rosary, it's the beads, it's whatever, lighting the candles. And none of those things will bring you close to the Lord. And none of those things will lead you to true godliness. Having a solid foundation of faith includes having a solid knowledge of who God is and what He's done for you. You'll be able to find that in the Bible. As you grow in your relationship with God, we encourage you to spend as much time as you can reading His Word and holding the truth of those words close. Take some time to read the passage from Titus that Pastor Danny shared today, or read ahead before you join us next time. God promises to speak through His Word and through the Holy Spirit, and we know that you'll be blessed each time you dive into the doctrine of your faith. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Danny, visit ccfstpete.church 
and click on the Sermons tab. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're there to get updated content each time we post it. We love connecting with our listeners, so also stop by our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Join in the conversation, and we'll add some positive encouragement to your newsfeed. Before our time is up with you for the day, we'd like to ask you to consider partnering with us as we continue to share the hope of salvation with the world. Would you pray for us each time you tune into the Living Word? Pray that we keep listening to God and following His plan for our program. Please pray, too, for protection and open hearts among those who will be tuning in next time. We know the power of prayer, and we appreciate you doing this for us. Thanks for being a part of our time here today. Join Pastor Danny next time for another edition of The Living Word. Thank you.